I didn't even do this for low blood sugars. I wasn't even trying for that. And this has lowered my blood sugars, changed my mood. Um, my teeth have gotten whiter. I used to have terrible acne and pimples, uh, which say my, you know, I have pretty clear skin now. So it's just changed everything. Welcome to You Cured What? The podcast of reversing the irreversible. This is where you hear how real people are healing from conditions that most people think they're stuck with for life. I'm your host, Joe Kalb. If I had to give you some medical advice, I'd go to medical school and get a medical degree. Seriously, nothing in this podcast is medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute as such. Now, enjoy the You Cured What? conversation. My guest today is 29 years old, and was diagnosed at age three with type one diabetes. In the last 23 months, he's managed to get his A1C down from 7.8% to 4.9%. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew Berger. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Okay, um, that's a great introduction, man. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. I'm excited to have you on. I know uh, type 1 diabetes is a tough diagnosis. I know there are a lot of um, really tough outcomes. Um, and I know you've got your own history with type 1. So can you give us a little background on kind of uh, where you're coming from? Um, with type 1 diabetes? Yeah, um, I, as you mentioned, I've had it for 26 years now. Um, it was a condition, disease, whatever you want to call it, that not, there wasn't that many um, people, I would say, that uh, it wasn't a known, I mean, it was known, but it was, let's just say, a lot more rare. I was the only kid in my school with it. They never had a type one diabetic. Um, doctors said, oh, don't worry, there's gonna be a cure in a few years. Um, and obviously we are still here fighting the good fight against it. And we will always be fighting that fight. Um, but from my understanding, I was uh, perfectly normal and then one day, one weekend, I believe it was, was I, I got very ill. I couldn't even I go, I think it was like five minutes or more without using uh, the bathroom. I was just, uh, seems to be coming down with, with a pretty tough, what would be diagnosis. And, um, my 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 history through diabetes was you know it doesn't you don't feel the disease until you know as t until time starts graduating and and um what happened was i was like every other type one kid they would say eat whatever you want just give insulin for it and i said this isn't that bad if i just have to give insulin for it in theory Everyone eats what they want and their body gives insulin for it. 
but there's a reason why type two diabetes catches up with people as time goes on. So mine, you know, because I'm giving insulin through injection, I believe that I was giving so much insulin for the foods I was eating that I was starting to develop type two diabetes on the way at a very early age. So um, at the same time with all this going on, uh, I mean, I was perfectly normal. I had until I would say even 24, 25 years old, I, I was eating a terrible diet. I had blood sugars in the 200, 300s, 400 and occasional 500s at times. Um, the, the 400s were occasional, but the 300s were a regular thing and it was happening a lot. Yeah, it was happening a lot. Um, and by the age of 25, 26, I started to see my eyes go and, um, they, they, they diagnosed me with diabetic retinopathy. Diabetic retinopathy is a very interesting thing because you know the doctors tell you you gotta take shots but they don't tell you that you can probably reverse it so i started you know after i went to the doctors is about uh i want to say maybe july of 2018 um it was uh it was or may of 2018 but whatever that doesn't it's irrelevant but it, it was, um, I went to a, a routine eye doctor checkup, started saying, oh, everything looks great. You look like you're doing great. We're going to do one more test and, uh, you know, we will see. I think it's going to look good. I can get the test that day. Same results. And about 10 minutes later, my doctor said, uh, you might want to come here. And he basically ripped me apart and was like, your eyes are going and you have something called diabetic retinopathy, which is the Michael Jordan disease of blindness, meaning like the greatest blindness disease of all time, referencing Michael Jordan as the greatest basketball player of all time. So, you know, I go, I leave that appointment. I'm crying in that appointment. And I also felt helpless because I didn't know what to do. No one told me what to do. They said, control your blood sugars, control your blood sugars. I mean, if it was so easy, I would have done it years ago. I didn't really know what controlling your blood sugars was. I didn't know if that was even possible. And um, a few months down the line, um, I'm not a very tall person. Uh, so I'm about 60 pounds overweight. And uh, I was like, all right, I need to lose weight. And I've been dieting since I was 19. So uh, I went on Weight Watchers for the fifth time or so. Now, the first time I went on Weight Watchers, it worked. And I gained all the weight back. So it didn't work at the end. I was another Weight Watcher success and fail story at the same time. But I, but I did, it did, I did end up losing 50 pounds once again. So I've done it before. Then every time after that, I had failed that. And um, I was going to the gym six days a week and I would go through my music. And I was like, I'm just getting bored of my music. Let me find a podcast. And I found a fitness 
podcast. And the first one to come up was this thing called Fitness Confidential with a friend of mine now named Vinny Tortorich, who was pretty big in the low carb community. And Vinny was on a, he was on one of his podcasts was destroying Weight Watchers. And I was like, what is this guy talking? It's like the first podcast I ever listened to. And I was on it. And it seemed like this guy knew something that I didn't know. So I started listening to him a few more episodes and I figured out what he was talking about. And it was basically a low carb diet. He had a low carb diet. And in like a month and a half, two months, I lost 15 pounds. And I went back to the doctor and he was like, what? you know, there might be some progression. I'll see, you know, I'll see you in a month or two. And the month kept going. The eye doctor was like, all right, good. The A1, three months later, the A1C came down from my endocrinologist. But the eye doctor's like, we're going to put off the shots. Retinopathy shot to block the, the other, um, I don't know if they're vessels exactly, but the, you know, from, from new growth in the eye. And he kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. I get to a 5.7 A1C. I'm, I lost 30 pounds. I keep going and going and going. And then in the middle of this whole thing, uh, I hear about this guy that only eats meat. I was like, oh, what is this about? I thought I was doing something that was crazy, just eating meat and vegetables. We've been conditioned to that. You need whole, hard, healthy grains. This guy, Sean Baker's on on Joe Rogan talking about how he, uh, you know, everyone who's done, uh, goes into the carnivore diets, heard the Joe Rogan podcast. And I heard that podcast and then the Kayla Peterson podcast. And I just said, well, vegetables make me eat more. I do like them. I'm trying to lose weight. I got into this for losing weight. And then my blood sugars got better. Maybe just eating protein would help. So I went on a carnivorous diet July uh first uh it'll be in a couple of days will be july 1st uh 2019 a year in a year i lost an extra like 50 pounds and the a1c was dropping just dropping dropping i went um uh, i'm now 138 pounds or so and um my A1C is a 4.9%, as you said. So there was definitely challenges. The sad part was I knew that I had to control my blood sugars, but I still did my, I still went on a diet for my weight, which was interesting. But I think the reason for that is there's just not enough information out there that diabetics could um, really live a normal life. You know? Yeah, well, I, you know, I feel for you because I see, I just see a lot of, um, I guess, magazine covers, and you know, it, a lot of times they're marketed at diabetics, and I think it can be, you know, sometimes that might be marketed more at type two diabetics than type one, but regardless, um, you know, they're filling whole magazines with. Um, ideas about like what foods are good for diabetes and um and you know what's good for your blood sugar and uh low glycemic index and like there are so many different ideas floating around out there it's just kind of i feel like it would be information overload and it seems like you've taken that approach 
um, that you know you just you remove the sugar, you remove the carbohydrate, and um, you know you're seeing. I, you know, I'm guessing you're seeing much, much less fluctuations in your own blood sugar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, my goal is to get to a 4.5, 4.6A1C without any lows. Right now, I still have some lows. It's a, every day is a science experiment for me. I literally try something new with my insulin. And I'm actually happy with that. It makes it fun makes it interesting um and i think i'll figure it out within the next six months to a year it's going to take a lot of time again 4.9 percent was i couldn't believe it because i thought maybe i'd be a five one five two at most but seeing something in the fours was insane and um but i realized that it is doable now i gotta get it to a point that you know i'm i'm trying to recreate my pancreas manually which is probably virtually impossible but i'm going to do it i'm going to try to do everything i can in my own power to get to a point that i'm a 4.6 a1c with no low blood sugars and the you know i'm willing to take the sacrifice of using my body as a as, as a science experiment um not in a in, in, in a harmful way but just like um the way i eat i plan to eat like this forever i love eating like this you know people like only meat how do you do it it's actually the people the diet is um people say it's so restrictive i would say it's uh as sean baker says it's liberating i come from a food uh addiction um obviously I think everyone has a food addiction that eats a higher amount of processed carbohydrates. It's not uh, their, you know, the person's fault. The food is made to, to, uh, to make us hungrier, turn off hormones, eat more of it, buy more of it. And just like anything, that's a, a problem. You know, the problem with food is, you know, with, 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 I won't call it food, but the problem with those processed, uh, those processed junk is that it's illegal. So no one looks at it as, you know, you know, they look at food as survival, but that food is just so, um, there's no nutrient density to it. So, it's a vicious cycle. And now that I'm eating only technically one type of food group, I actually find it just really like I eat once a day because that's all I couldn't. I mean, it would be a, I eat a really big meal probably around breakfast, lunch. And I'm, I'm full until the next day for, for, for up to 24 hours. Usually I'm, I can't, you know, it's a, it's it's very liberating. What I'll say is, you know, it's not starvation. I'm eating two pounds of red meat. It's like two thousand calories in a sitting. So it's it's a good amount of food. Sometimes it's two and a half pounds, but um, you know, I uh, I'm eating like an animal, and and not in a weird, not in a way like I'm an you know a disgusting animal. <laughs> I just mean like you know the old way of ancestral health. We, we, um, 
you know, we would, millions of years ago, we would eat at one big sitting after we kill our, 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 uh, our prey. And then we would go a couple of days or so without eating. Yeah. And that's kind of how I eat. Yep. And we lost that whole thing. I mean, my mom does intermittent fasting. She's seen amazing benefits. Intermittent fasting is one of the, I always say everyone should at least be doing a 16, eight, you know, 16 hour fast, eight hour eating window. If you're not doing, if you can't do anything else, at least do that. Cause I think that's really where the, you know, I've seen a lot of podcasts, you know, a lot of YouTube videos. That's really what we were designed to do. So there's just so many fun challenges. It's always a learning experiment. And, and I feel like I'm, I'm really giving, um, uh, giving a lot of, uh, can't think of the word, but it, it's like I'm, I'm t- partaking in, in science basically with, with what I'm doing. And it's, it's really enjoyable is what I'll say. I'm really having a, a blast. Well, yeah, that that's amazing, and I I love the way you're looking at it, and um, you know you're achieving great results. Um, I'd like to just do a quick little um, summary for anyone who's not familiar with uh, type one diabetes. Um, am I stating this fairly accurately that uh, basically your body, your pancreas, cannot produce insulin? Um, and, you know, that's, that's why you're talking about, you know, injecting insulin. And that's normally, um, you know, one of insulin's functions in the body is to lower blood sugar and to kind of shuttle, yeah, shuttle that sugar out of your blood. So um, that's, that's one of the hallmarks of type 1 diabetes. Is that, is that correct? It's very accurate. Yeah, I mean... Um... Again, I heard a great quote from Robert Sibis, and he said, um, he said, we're all diabetic because we all get insulin. You know, one's getting an injection, one's just getting it through their automatic body. But technically, and in in a way, that's why we have insulin resistance, because the body can't keep up with the foods that we're eating. These, These are new... Um, uh, chronic diseases that we never had before up until recently because of the food supply that we're eating. So, but yes, I can't make insulin. I make, I don't make insulin at all. I did a C-peptide the other day. Was like, I was 0.1. Uh, to make insulin, I think it's like you, your C-peptide has to come back with at least, at least 2.6 or so. It's some number like that. Um, so, you know, I just... I like to make myself crazy and do a blood test for something I knew I, I was to come back, um, <laughs> not not in my favor. But um, yes, that that's basically correct. And and like I said, there's there's too much money. Like you know, this will be kind of a controversial statement, but I think there's too much money in disease the in the DMI the disease management industry that we are currently living in to cure it because i do believe when my doctors in 1993 said there'll be a cure soon i truly believe that they were kind of close to one but 
why would we care something where we can make millions of dollars? I mean, that's the one thing, you know, this country has that, that for our money, you know, in, in the financial standpoint, if everything goes to, you know, we're seeing our economy shut down through uh, coronavirus right now. One thing that will never shut down is, is our medicine that keeps us afloat. You know, that's paying our bills. So I, I personally think that, you know, we can, but now the only way to, to cure things is through what, what you eat on a daily basis. You know, I, if you look up, I saw a great video the other day that said, type in any disease and then write after the disease and insulin resistance. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, type two diabetes by 2030, we are going to be 50 at 50%. Wow. And I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Chris Kenobi, where he talks about seed oils. And he was going through all this data about diabetes, um, obesity, cancer, and our rates in the 19th century were at like a 0. 0, like 0.1% for almost all of them. We've gone with obesity, we've gone a 25 fold since then. I mean, the numbers are, 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 are insane. Yeah. So, but this, this is where we're at in, in our, in, in our world. And it's not just here in America. I mean, you know, China has the biggest type two diabetes rates we've ever seen. And some people would say, well, they're all skinny. And there's an argument to that too, because you could be sick inside and people don't even know from the outside. So, a lot of countries are are um, absorbing our Western standard American diet, and um, I mean it's it's not just us. I'll just oh. say that it's, it's there's there's a lot of money to be made in cheap foods. Yeah, well, you know, with all of those obstacles, um, I'm curious. Uh, and, you know, you talked about uh, medicines earlier, but you, you still came across this uh, low-carb diet first. Um, and that was kind of through Vinny Tortorich's uh, Fitness Confidential podcast. That's how you um, initially came across it. And then you heard about the carnivore diet um, from Sean Baker and Kayla Peterson. And you be began following that. Um, over the course of this time, how did your um, your diabetic retinopathy respond? I believe it was getting better slowly, but mostly of recent, it's really sped up. And I think it will keep speeding up because the control is getting better, and the amount I'm eating, it, and it, you know, the the, room, the margin for error is a lot shorter for me now. Um, because I'm not, it's very, I'm very regimented. And because that I have them on such a regiment, I think, again, there's just such little room for, I mean, there's always room for error, but the, the, it's minimized. And I think in the last three months, it's just gotten so much better. And I just think it's gonna keep getting better. I have not gotten one shot for this yet. They've been talking about shots for two years. So, and then there's a whole DI do it yourself um, retinopathy group. It's 
you know, about reversing it yourself. And on, on Facebook that I, I found, I've been reading through the articles. It's doable. It's definitely doable. And I, and I think I, I'll be able to, you know, once I really get to a point where I can tweak the, 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 the basal, my, my resting basal insulin rate, my, my, or my, sorry, my fasting insulin rate. Um, I think we're going to see some real promising things with, 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 uh, with my retinopathy. So. Well, that's great to hear. And, um, I'm curious how, um, you know, the amount of insulin that you inject that you, is it bolus? Is that the correct term? Um, yeah, well, there's a bolus insulin for foods. Basal insulin is the, is the resting fasting insulin. And okay. last week it was nine units. This week it's like 13 or 14 because I'm just tweaking different numbers um, till I get to a point where I'm like, all right, we've got it. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago I was at five units and then I was finding out that the five was because, you know, when it seems to be when I, if I fast for over 24, if I do a 48 hour fast, I mean, I've done a seven day fast as a diabetic, which is pretty radical. And, um, you know, when I do a seven day fast or, or fast over, uh, 36 hours, the insulin has to come down drastically and it comes down, it comes, the basal insulin comes down for a good week or so. It's not, it's the body feels like it doesn't need insulin. So I haven't fasted like that. And now I have to bring the, the basal rates down. So these are, I'm basically just doing observational studies on myself. So I, that's that's something I found out in the last uh, couple uh, trials that I've been doing. And like I said, I try something new pretty much every day because it still can be better. It could still be tweaked. I have a 4.9 A1C, which I, uh, like I said, I was very lucky to get. I did not expect that number, and but I do have some low blood sugar. So I'm trying to eliminate the lows and get it down to a 4.7, with 4.6, 4.5 without any low blood sugars. And that's the challenge now. So the work is um, the work is far from over. You know, so what, you know, with those, those units you threw out, and you said, you know, it still changes kind of on a day-by-day basis, but you throw out some numbers like five, five units, nine units, 13 units. Um, what, how much um, insulin were you, um, how many units were you using before you started a low-carb diet? Um. I believe the number was it was at least 60, 65, but I think it's gone as high as 70. That was just basal. If I had a bad eating day, my total insulin would be the 120 units a day in a day. Wow. So even though 13 might sound a lot compared to five for somebody listening, really it's, it's very little compared to what I was taking. And, um, I don't know. I don't know where I'll end up. I just think it will be uh, somewhere in between the seven and fifteen range, and it's going to take time. I'm I'm really excited because I'm. I saw I've seen a, just uh, an improvement from yesterday. So wow. Um, you know, when you're very focused on fixing something, the results will 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 come. So what have been some of the subjective changes like in, in how you feel and um, just in your life um, since 
since going down this um, path, starting with the low carb diet, then into the carnivore diet? I mean, I, I feel like a different person completely. My energy is, is insane. I mean, I literally, I was a person to put in perspective that needed a two hour nap every day. And I, I would probably need about nine to 10 hours of sleep. So I need a two hour nap every day, nine to 10, I'm sleeping half the day. Let's just say about before. My example today is uh, I went to bed last night at 9.30, which is early. Uh, um, I woke up, I don't, I, I have not set an alarm in, in almost uh, six months. And I just wake up on my own. And I woke up this morning at three in the morning, ready to go. I was at the gym at 3.30. But I have a gym in my building, so the I was able to social distance. There was not a single person in there. I was very lucky. But um, with my first time being in the gym, I was a little nervous and there was not a single person there. So, but again, I started my day at 3.30 this morning. Uh, um, I went for, I ended up, I ended up leaving my keys in there and it was, my, everything was closed. So I ended up hiking for two hours after that until I could, uh, um, at, so until somebody would come, you know, you know, be at the at the community that can get my keys from the gym. But yeah, I mean, it, it's almost 14 hours now. I'm not tired. I'm still energetic. I think I might even go for a walk after this. I mean, I went from a very, I used to, I, I'm from New York and I live in LA now. And I used to be, uh, I used to always walk everywhere. So it's like normal for me. I, I I just walk for no, you know, I, I was the one thing I think to help with my diabetes, lowering my blood, my blood sugars was I probably would have had more complications and had them sooner, but I was walking two to five miles every single day in New York. Um, but now I have the energy to walk 10, 11 miles a day because I'm just, it just go. I wake up. I don't have this like, oh, like it's going to be a long day today. Um, it's very euphoric is the feeling. So I went from, you know, I was telling another friend of mine in the low carb community that before I went on, on this path, I was eating like two or three bags of family size chips in the sitting. I mean, I was, dis I was doing very, um, very, I had very addictive habits and that were slowing me down and now, now i mean if i eat something it's recharging me for the next 16 to 18 hours it, it's it's again i did all this to lose weight i didn't the sad part is i have to admit like i said i didn't even do this for low blood sugars i wasn't even trying for that and this has lowered my blood sugars changed my mood um my teeth have gotten whiter. I, I used to have terrible acne and pimples. Uh, would say my, you know, I have pretty clear skin now. So it's just changed everything. I, I, there's, I don't know where to start on that. You know, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's insane. I mean, most people would think I'm insane because I would say, I've never felt like this in my life. And I seriously mean that in my teenage years, in my adulthood, 
you know, my adult life, I never felt like this. I feel I have the like I feel like a little kid, you know, and kids are it makes sense like when when like adults are like, I don't know how these little kids do it. Well, we were once little kids doing that and there's a reason we were, you know, they're not insulin resist they're not as resistant to insulin in their body and other factors, but I truly believe that um we can get back to having that kid-like energy. Yeah, for well, sure, Andrew. I gotta, I gotta tell you, you're making it tough on me. I usually try and find a quote like uh, from somewhere in the in the podcast recording and stuff it at the beginning to open up the episode just as a little preview. So I, I have a little pull quote, and I don't know which one I'm gonna pick. You just gave, <laughs> you know, you gave me so many options. It, it would be like a. a five minute long uh, pull quote to start the episode. So you're, you're making my job tough over here. But That's uh, my job is make your job tough. No, I'm kidding. But, um. <laughs> but no, I, I uh, man, that, that's amazing. And that's, that's an incredible, um, I, just an incredible transformation. And with that, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you've heard about this through podcasts. So, and, and you're you're doing something that is not the conventional um, treatment for type one diabetes. Um, how how have your medical providers, your you know your doctor, how have they responded to um, to the changes that you've gone through? I think well, I don't. I go to an endocrinologist mostly, so they're mostly. Uh, concerned with my diabetes and with that I would say they're halfway bought in because the first time I came back to the doctor's office from the 7.8 and went to a 5.7 A1C um, or it was a, I think it went I think it went 7.8 but um, when I went for the 5.3 my doctor said holy crap um, he just he didn't even say hi. He just said, <laughs> holy crap, how did you do it? And when I told him how I did it, I thought he was going to be like, oh God, you're going to, you're going to, diabetics can't do a ketogenic style diet. They're going to, no. He actually said, keep doing what you're doing. I said, I just eat eggs. He, at that point, I was eating eggs, vegetables, bacon, uh, uh, red, you know, red meat, chicken, fish. And I thought he was going to have a lot of pushback. He said, keep doing it. Um, and, and so, but there's been times where they're like, uh, you know, I don't think it's, I don't know if getting a 4.6 A1C is good because that means you'll have a lot of low blood sugars. And I said, you know, there's, there's a there's thousands of diabetics out there who who are on the Dr. Bernstein approach, which if you're a type one diabetic, even a type two diabetic, he has a book for over 30 years, 40 years now called Diabetes Solution. It should be required for any type one diabetic, any type two diabetic when they're diagnosed, they they need to read that book within two weeks three weeks. It, it should be your only thing you're consuming. So if you're a new diabetic type one or type two, you should read that book. He, he, he's been doing a low 
low-carb, high-protein approach for, uh, for I think it's now 60 years. I think it's like 65 years. He's the oldest living type 1 diabetic. He's 86 years old. He just celebrated his 86th birthday, and he's thriving. And he look, he's just so different than anyone you've seen at that age. I mean, he's had complications. He's reversed every single one of them through his protocol. He invented the blood, uh, the blood sugar meter that we all see at our Walmarts and our Targets and, you know, our over-the-counter pharmacies. He created that. So he really knows the most information about diabetes. And his whole thing is you should always have, you know, your A1C, A1C should be a 4.6. You could live a normal lifestyle. And the standard American care, I don't know if that's what it's really called, but the standard American doctors, they, they, don't, they, they think you're, a, you're good if your A1Cs are in the high fives and sixes, because technically it's really hard to, you know, to, to have an A1C of, of a five or 4.9 with, you know, they, they don't really believe in it. They've never seen it. They don't see these things. I mean, that's the other thing. Is they, most of their patients are in the sevens, eights, and nines of their A1C. Which, you know, an eight, an eight blood sugar is an average of about like 280 or so, 290. That's, that's fourfold or threefold higher than the normal blood sugar. So, so yeah, it sounds like this is um, it's almost unheard of with standard of care right now. Um, yeah. You know what what you're seeing, but at the same time, there is information out there. And there's Dr. Bernstein's you know diabetes solution. It's been in print for you said probably close to thirty I think, years. I think it's 1981. I believe it's been in print. Wow. And yeah. I know, you know, I know he has a fascinating personal story just in the sense that uh, he basically became a doctor because he figured out how to treat it himself. He was an engineer, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had such success that um, I don't know if this is urban legend or maybe it's true that someone challenged him and said, well, like, no, oh, if you know so much, why don't you go become a doctor? And he it seems did. like him. I don't know if how I don't I never heard that story, but I wouldn't be but it wouldn't put it past me. That's a true story. I mean, yeah, he he became a doctor. I, I think the reason he actually I think one of the reasons he became a doctor was that he couldn't write his own he needed to write his own prescriptions because wow. the things that they were having him doing were um, you know I don't know. I believe this is how they figured out up until the, the glucose meter. I mean, I want to say, I mean, the old, very old school way, I don't know up until what year they did this, but the only way to find out if, what your blood sugars were, and you couldn't really find a number for it, but the doctor would have you pee in a cup, and he would drink it. What? And he would figure out if you had sugar in your urine. Whoa. 
And <laughs> yeah, so um, I think with the blood meter was the first time hospitals had it first, but he needed to make his own home kit. I believe that's what happened was that he, you know, I mean, it's pretty incredible. He did go for, to become from an engineer to a doctor, but yeah, he did just because he, he knew something was wrong. Yeah. Well, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, there are still, you're always tweaking things and um, you still deal with lows, um, you know, with um, blood sugar lows. Um what have some of the some of the challenges been in uh, the last twenty three months um, under which you've brought your A one C down from seven point eight to four point nine? Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't really look at it as a challenge. Um, I actually think that the challenge was um, the tries before this. You know, I've been dieting since I was 19, which is pretty uncommon. Most people that are 19 are not dieting. They're living a healthy lifestyle and they have a six pack of abs. I was not that kid. I was already obese um, and over more overweight than obese, but I was in that realm where I had to be on a diet. I should have probably been on a diet since I was 15 or 16 got badged at the point when I was 19 in college. And, and I'll just say um, those were challenging times because I was trying to diet in a world where we were really like dieting does not work. So when I got to the carnivore diet, I already knew how to be disciplined because you have to, to lose weight on Weight Watchers, which I did once out of five times. I lost 50 pounds on Weight Watchers, gained 10 pounds back. Um, when I did that, that discipline is has to be laser focused. So I already knew that I want to lose weight when I got to carnivore. I would have that laser focus in a, in, on a diet that's not pushing back against you. You know, these other diets, it's like walking into a wall versus the wall walking with you, you know, like the walls pushing towards the, the right way. No, these other diets, are, they're trying to get you to, to go the wrong way. So I had laser focus for, for um, you know, when I did this again, and that laser focus made everything just incredibly easy. Um, I'm an all or nothing type of person. So if we're going to do something, we're going to do it. And I would, I remember saying, I think when I went on Weight Watchers, I said, this is the last time I'm going on Weight Watchers, meaning like I'm losing this weight. Now it was harder after, I mean, I think I lost initially in August of 2018, I probably lost between August and October. I probably lost like five pounds before I went on a low carb, high fat uh, diet. But those five pounds were exhausting. I would have failed again. And it's not, you know, they always say, you know, it's your fault when you fail on a diet, but really these diets are here to fail you, you know? When I lost 50 pounds that first time with Weight Watchers, I was destroying my metabolism. I was slowing it down more and more and more, which means the next time I have to lose weight, it's gonna be harder, harder and harder. Yeah. So, um, 
honestly, I knew how hard it was going to be. But once I found the cheat code, aka low carb, high fat, it made it, the challenge wasn't that. It was fun for me. The whole yeah. process was extremely fun. I love that question, by the way. I, people don't really ask about the challenges like that. That's a great question. Keep that one. Sure. All right. <laughs> will do. Will do. Um, what are the the staple foods of your carnivorous diet? Um, I eat uh, a pretty fatty cut of meat every day, preferably ribeye. Um, and some people might say, oh, those are very expensive. Well, when you only eat one time a day, a, 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 a $12 steak, $14 steak, I mean, you can go get ribeyes that are grass-headed and it's $25. But if you're on a budget, you know, you could eat still a healthy diet for under $20 a day, $15 a day. You could actually do the carnivore diet eating $5 a day. You'd be eating burger patties and sometimes I do eat a five dollars in a day and yeah. um I I've incorporated I I couldn't stand the taste at all it was terrible uh, I hated liver but <laughs> I just couldn't stomach it and what happened was um I found these liver crisps that were like the like basically like liver jerky and uh, dehydrated liver and I started to develop a taste for that and once I finished that bag I bought it was a few bags it was like a subscription and I said you know at first I couldn't even eat the liver chips now I love these liver chips I don't know what I'm gonna do without them I said it's time for me to try liver again oh and I tried it and I actually think liver might be my favorite food whoa which is insane um because it's a very very strong taste but i've come yeah. to just absolutely love it i also love it because every time i eat it it's like it gives me superpowers i don't know what it, it's it's the most nutrient dense food in the world and you could look this up i mean people say kale is a superfood kale's got nothing on on beef liver there's every vitamin you could i mean it has vitamin c right for a, a, a an animal food product to have vitamin c it's very rare and i don't know if vitamin c is really that important on a carnivorous diet because they say vitamins people need vitamin c because um when you when when you're eating stuff that has a lot of glucose in it you your body starts depleting vitamin c on a carnivorous diet I don't think really that you need vitamin C, but why not get a tiny bit of it or get a little bit of it through the beef liver and just have that. Um, I don't, you know, I think people should be eating beef liver. I know it's a tough, tough taste, but it's very inexpensive. Um, you know, a pound is $5. I pay or four ninety nine, and it's even the grass fed stuff. It's all, five dollars so it's a superfood everyone should be eating liver i eat about a pound a week of that um my meals are like basically about a 12 to 14 ounce ribeye might have a two or three burger patties um and some liver today i had shaved steak i had a pound of that so i mean it's you know 
I'm definitely eating on this diet. I've been on diets where it was like water was, I, I was scared to drink water so I wouldn't have water weight on the scale the next day. I mean, I'm definitely eating a big amount in one sitting and it's been really, really, really good to me. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's incredible. And that's uh, a good, good look at, yeah, what you're eating on a daily basis for anyone who might be interested in, um, in doing some experimentation themselves. Um, this question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, Andrew, now that you've improved your health, what's one thing you enjoy doing that you couldn't do before? You know, that's, it goes back to having the constant energy. I mean, I love going to the gym. I do a workout and people think they must say, how much exercise did you do? And I don't go to the gym every day. Actually, I only go twice a week for 15 minutes a day. At, sorry, twice a week for 15 minutes at a time. So it's a 15-minute workout I do. It's extremely high intensity. To basically, if you know something I would do with that's only 30 pounds, I'm going to do now 80 or 90, maybe 100 pounds. I think I'm going to go to failure. And this actually depletes as much glycogen from your muscles which increases insulin sensitivity through which everyone should want, whether you're diabetic or not, is the more insulin sensitive, the less insulin you need. And then the whole thing with insulin is a weight gainer and so on, you know, so forth. Um, this, this, this actually brings my levels down. Every time I do it, I, you know, I do a workout Monday for 15 minutes. I'll do a workout on Thursday for 15 minutes. And the theory behind the workout is uh, your type two muscle fibers are still, and this is more in layman's terms. I'm probably getting a few things wrong, but your muscles are, are still repairing and growing and are still burning fat while you're not working out. So I met a guy at a, at a conference. His name is Dr. Ben, Ben Bakikio. Everyone should look him up. He's been, uh, he started the first gyms in New York. I met him at a, a low carb conference in San Diego called Low Carb San Diego. And um, we've become very close. And I saw the results. This guy is, I want to say, I hope, hopefully he doesn't kill me if I get his age wrong. I think he's like 72 or 73. And this guy is ripped. He looks like he's 55. And he doesn't have that steroid look. I knew he wasn't selling me garbage. Yeah. And um, we kicked it off. And I actually spoke to him on Saturday and his workout changed my life. So I love working out now. The, the, the big, the big uh, quote that people would love to say, the big saying is, uh, I love uh, my favorite part of the workout is leaving the gym. I actually enjoyed the workout and I hate when it's over because I always say, I wish I can push myself even more. And I'm excited for the next workout. So that twice a week for 15 minutes, each session is something that I love. I'm lifting weights that I never thought I could wait, uh, lift in my life. Um, again, my constant energy, I, um, the other, I, I bought a weighted vest and I did a 20 mile walk with the extra 20 pounds on me um, on the beach. So 
it's it's really being I feel like I used to play a lot of basketball as a kid. I feel like I'm back to that as an adult. And I didn't think that would ever come back. So that's, I would say that's one of my favorite things. And and honestly seeing my blood sugars like not be in the two two, threes and four hundreds, even sometimes five hundreds anymore. It's like it's the little things in life. That's what you know, it, I know it's a cliche thing, but, you know, we buy all these material things. I'm guilty of it myself. And we think that make us happy. But it's like my actual health is making me happier. And it's my calling. You know, I want to talk about this any chance I can, because I believe that type 1 diabetics are the most um, misunderstood individuals in life. You know, we all look normal. We there's nothing really wrong, but everything at the same time is wrong. Uh, well, are there? You've mentioned you've mentioned several um, resources already. Um, you know, you've mentioned Dr. Ben, and I I hope I don't mess up his name. Uh, Bokikio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Dr. Ben, ben. Bokikio for uh, for his. Um, fifteen-minute high-intensity workouts. You've mentioned. Yeah, it's called Smart. Smart. It's called Smart. S M A R. It's like the Smart Smart workout. You can. I think there's some videos on YouTube. There'll be more. Um, you know, I really everyone's got working out wrong in the sense that, you know, we 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 think we have to go six days a week for an hour and a half, two hours, and there's not as much benefit. I'm convinced on that i was going to the gym six days a week at one point not seeing the results six days an hour hour and 15 minutes each day and i think people like just like doing that because they feel like they're doing something and they're you know it makes sense to be doing that but yeah but dr ben is, is he's the real deal if anyone reaches you know i'll tell people where to reach out to me and i can get them in contact with the, the right um information for the for the smart programs okay and you know on top of the workout programs you mentioned uh vinnie tortorich earlier um and you mentioned uh dr robert Sivas. um and yeah he's yeah he's great yeah um and then dr bernstein um are there any other um any other resources you would recommend to someone with type 1 diabetes um that they should look into if they're interested in your approach? I mean, for me, how I learned was I took a little bit of every, took a little bit of, took something from each person. So Bernstein's going to have the most diabetic resources. I mean, it's to the point that even the people that I'm going to mention refer to him as the main resource. But if you can try to combine different things with their information, with his is, is the way to go. He's really... Again, anyone type one who has not read his book, you must do so. It's worth every dollar. You keep it. I literally have it on my coffee table. I'm looking at it right now. It's that important. Um, I actually read his book on an ebook, and then I said, you know, I'm going to buy the book in print. So, um, other great resources. This is more for like type two diabetics, even type ones. Uh, Ken Berry, who's a friend of mine. Um, he's excellent, you know, quick 10 minute videos that he does. Um, 
on YouTube, great resources. Uh, Sean Baker, if you are um, uh, looking to go in the carnivore route, along with Paul Saladino, excellent guy. Uh, if you want to hear more of a layman's terms, I want to say layman's in a bad way, but just more not doctor terminology. Michaela Peterson, who reversed, you know, years of arthritis as a kid. She had like the first ankle replacements in Canada um, when she was seven years old, like for the youngest ankle replacements ever. Um, she's here. She has so many autoimmune diseases. I, I can't name them all. She's reversed all that through a corner on a meat and water diet, which I'm doing now. I'm on my second one of only meat and water. Some carnivores eat, you know, eggs, and then there's nothing wrong with eggs. I'm just trying it to see how I feel. Again, I'm feeling better than ever. Um, I recommend a good follow is Brian Lenskis on on Twitter. He's a, one of my very close friends. Um, I want to say uh, there's there's a there's a lot of great Jason Fung. Like I was saying, I don't know if I said that. Oh yeah, I said it to you on uh, uh, on video on on audio. Um, I did a seven day fast, which technically which should put me that I was dead as a type one diabetic. Well, I'm still here to live and tell the story. And Jason Fung was a major inspiration for doing that. Um, there's a lot of great guys. The low carb community is incredible. There's really, I don't know how much. I mean. I don't believe there's a lot. I don't. I believe that there's not a lot of ego at all. I think guys are willing to help. That's why I love it so much. Is because I saw a true people want to see people heal. And when I when I showed my pictures of of my new body that I did not buy and my new blood sugars, uh, well, that's how you know too. Like I, you can't fake it. I mean, when the, you know, if you if you fake it, your blood sugars are not going down. They're staying the same. You got, you know, a spray tan abs. Yeah, that's you know, if you got a eight A one C and and you're in my, in my shape, I'm not you know bodybuilder shape by any means, but you can't fake that. So, yeah. um, people, but people really, like were genuinely excited that I met Low Carb San Diego a year ago. Um were excited for me because they seen the journey and and that's really low carb in in a uh in, in a short you know i don't know use your use your term of choice but seriously like it's a very nice community of I mean again i call dr ben if i have a question he calls me i you know it's it's like that that's amazing and um you know i've noticed the the same thing about the low carb community I agree. I don't think there's a lot of ego there. I think everyone is just truly happy to um, help, and that you know they're so readily available and responsive on Twitter. You can you can learn so much. Um, and oh, Dave Feldman. I should add Dave Feldman. Um, everyone's so concerned about these cholesterol numbers that I think we've gotten completely wrong. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't want to say I think I would like to say I know, but I don't want to come off like that. I just the the data on LDL cholesterol is not what people think is really happening. And you know, there's corporate interest in the LDL cholesterol was the one number that they saw that was high when Eisenhower had, 
had a heart attack in the off in, in office and was out for 10 days. And um, if if you if you're new if you're new to low carb if you're new to uh, eating primarily fat, there's two documentaries I recommend everyone watching. Three um, actually is Fat a Documentary by Vinnie Toyerich. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, I believe it's on YouTube. Then there's Fat Fiction, which is on Amazon Prime. Excellent. And uh, even um, The Magic Pill, which is, yeah. I don't know if it's on, I don't think it's on Netflix anymore, but you can, these are all, these are all available on the internet. And you can learn about what, if you're new to this and you're kind of confused about cholesterol and, and the things I'm talking about, you can find everything out in, in 90 minutes. Yeah. You know, that's right. the spark notes version of, of, of low carb. So I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah, that's great. And, um, you know, for anyone who wants to learn more from you directly, how can, how can the listeners reach you? Yeah, please. If you're a type one diabetic or not even a diabetic, whatever you are, and you just want, you know, I'm here to help. Uh, again, I started this two years ago. I'm far from an expert, but I do feel like I can speak with experience as like I've done on this podcast. I feel like um, I know a little bit of the uh, information up to help people and people have asked me questions. Please send me a direct message on Twitter or Instagram. It's type one, the number one burger, B-E-R-G-E-R. So T-Y-P-E, the number one, B-E-R-G-E-R on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Send me a direct message or even on the comments. It doesn't matter. I will get back to you. And um, I'm just, I just want to help. I just, you know, I needed the help. I didn't know where to find it. I'm here to help. So I will, you know, that that's the mission. Now. That's the goal. Well, you're paying it forward, and I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, do this interview today. Um, Thank you so much for your time, Andrew. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for letting me ramble. Thank you for listening to You Cured What? Join us again soon for another Story of Healing.